0: So, welcome to Intergenerational Politics with Jill Winebanks and Victor Shee, where we host weekly political discussions that are engaging and relevant to all generations. This is Victor Shee. Today we're actually talking to our very own Jill Winebanks, the only woman to serve on the Watergate prosecution team, an MSNBC legal analyst, and the author of her new book, The Watergate Girl, which I just finished reading. And as you can see, I used a lot of post-it notes because the oh, content in here is obviously so relevant and so important. So It's amazing. You should all check it out. And she's also the spectacular co-host of this podcast. And this, this podcast today is an emergency podcast, but oh boy, Jill, we have a lot to discuss, don't we?
1: It's been a very busy week. It's been a very busy just Friday. Um, as has become traditional, the best day to be on air is Friday night because Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. sorts of secret things happen things that the administration really doesn't want people to pay attention to. They do on Mm -hmm. a Friday night, figuring that Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, are the least viewed days in terms of news.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, today we're going to be talking about the despicable, grotesque, and unlawful Roger Stone commutation that occurred last night, Friday night. Um, My Twitter feed has been being filled up with this... um, Ordered by the president. And I think Adam Schiff, who is one of the House managers for the impeachment inquiry against Donald Trump, put it best when he said last night on MSNBC with this commutation, Trump makes clear that there are two systems of justice in, the, in America one for his criminal friends and one for everyone else. So I guess, like, why don't we first start off by kind of setting the groundwork for our audience today? And um, Jill, White, why don't you walk us through what this Roger Stone case was all about and how we kind of got to this moment where um, President Trump offered clemency to um, Mr. Stone?
1: So this is one of those times when I have to think about how far back to go so that the audience and particularly, I would say for your generation to understand Mm -hmm. because Roger Stone has been a figure in politics since the 70s, he was very close with Richard Nixon, the president whose uh, demise I was part of, whose, mm-hmm. whose exit from the public stage through resignation. Right. Um, he has a picture of Richard Nixon, a uh, tattoo <laughs> on his <laughs> back, um, right. which I always thought would be so wonderful in prison mm-hmm. when he had to go to the shower that he'd have this tattoo, um, <laughs> quite unlike anybody else's tattoo in jail.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but he's always been known for his dirty tricks, for being a real scumbag. And he has been a very close advisor to Donald Trump throughout Donald Trump's entire political career, going back as far as Donald Trump's political career goes. Mm -hmm. Um, The particular case that he was going to go to jail for this week and now isn't because his sentence has been commuted. Um, Before I even get to that, I just wanna point out that he is still guilty. He was found guilty by a jury of all counts against him and the commutation means he doesn't get punished for it it means he doesn't go to jail but it doesn't mean he's innocent a commutation is of a sentence not of a guilty verdict so he is guilty the evidence was overwhelming that he was guilty and he did a lot of things including threatening the life of a witness um well threatening that he would kill his dog who the particular witness was extremely close with and that was a serious threat to him. Um, he lied. He probably according to the evidence was the go-between between Russia and WikiLeaks and the campaign. And that goes back to the Russian meddling in the 2016 campaign. The Russians did a lot to make sure that the man they wanted to win, Donald Trump won the election and they, released data through WikiLeaks that would hurt Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And he seems to have been the go-between. He admitted it, he uh, bragged about it. He now, of course, denies that he had anything to do with it and that he's completely innocent, but he has been found guilty. Um, He is talking about appealing his conviction even now that he's not going to jail. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is if he does that, and if by chance he gets a new trial, it means that he would have to be commuted again because he would be sentenced. I'm assuming he would be found guilty again. Yeah. And then he would be sentenced. And if Donald Trump isn't president at the time, he will be going to jail. So it's a risk for him to actually go ahead and challenge his conviction because he could be reconvicted. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's not a lot that could be done if he gets pardoned for his crime, which is a different thing. People are upset about the sentence being commuted, but imagine how upset politically people would be if Donald Trump actually pardoned him and keep in mind, this is a pardon that is for something that Roger Stone did to help Donald Trump win election and Mm -hmm. to protect him, from any revelations by not cooperating now with the federal prosecutors. Mm -hmm. So this is a unique situation. Even Richard Nixon, at his worst, before he resigned, never gave executive clemency to any of the people who might have testified against him. He did not take the political risk that he would be held accountable for it. And for those who don't know it, let me just talk a little bit about Richard Nixon was pardoned by his successor. When he resigned, the vice president, under the 25th Amendment, became president. And shortly after that, although my team, the Special Prosecution Office, was talking about trying to indict him now that he was no longer the sitting president, in the week that it took us to have this discussion, Ford, who became president pardoned Nixon. And a pardon is forever. Once you're pardoned, no one can indict you. So there was nothing we could do. But the American people held Ford accountable. And it is largely the reason he did not win election when he ran. um, Because two years later, he had to run as president. Uh, He served out Nixon's term, but then had to run on his own. And he lost, and I think a lot of the reason was people were angry that he had pardoned Nixon. And I think Donald Trump recognizes that pardoning um, anybody, but especially including someone who acted to help him, would be politically damaging. Now, he could do the pardon after the election. If he waited until the day after the election, it couldn't affect the election, but the problem was Roger Stone was going to jail this week. He was about to go to jail, and he really didn't want to go to jail, and there was a risk that he would barter his information for a reduced sentence to not have to go to jail, and that's why he
0: got pardoned right now. Right, right, and um, just a friendly note for anyone keeping track. um, Thanks to Twitter, I learned that This Roger Stone commutation is Trump's 36th commutation or pardon as president, which is usually historically low for a modern presidency. But of those 36, 31 are based on personal or political connections. And you kind of mentioned how um, back in the Watergate era, how, you know, Nixon didn't pardon or offer clemencies to anyone. But can you kind of talk about why this moment is so different from then and kind of what that says about this moment that we're living in right now under Donald Trump and Trump? What it means for like this rule of law
1: we're in a very bad situation for the rule of law and the equal justice in america we have a system now where if you're a friend of the president even if your crime is related to protecting the president you get away with it and other people are going to jail for long periods of time because they are not friends of the president that's not how our system was designed i hope that There will be a political comeuppance that he will be held accountable by voters for corrupting the system in this way. He has used his pardon of power, which is a leftover um, constitutional power that goes back to the King of England uh, in a way that is unprecedented. Richard Nixon never dared to do in public what Donald Trump is doing. He has been empowered by the Republicans and by his supporters to act in ways that completely undermine the rule of law. Equal justice is a thing of the past in this administration. And so I hope you will be held accountable.
0: Right. So kind of digging deeper more into what this means for the special counsel investigation that Robert Mueller did. Um, last night, the White House released their defense of this decision, which I just need to read because it It's so ridiculous that it made me laugh. So I have it pulled up here and it says, today, President Donald Trump signed an executive grant of clemency commuting the unjust sentence of Roger Stone Jr. Roger Stone is a victim of the Russian hoax that the left and its allies and the media perpetrated for years in an attempt to undermine the Trump presidency. There was never any collusion between the Trump campaign or the Trump administration with Russia. Such collusion was never anything other than a fantasy of partisans unable to accept the result of the 2016 election. The collusion delusion spawned endless and farcical investigations conducted at great taxpayer expense looking for evidence that did not exist. As it came clear that these witch hunts would never bear fruit, the special counsel's office restored to process-based charges leveled at high-profile people in an attempt to manufacture the false impression of criminality lurking below the surface. These charges were the product of recklessness born of frustration and malice. So, I mean, first, like, how do you react to that? And second, like, how does the stone commutation actually unravel the work of the special counsel and its investigation that took so many, so much taxpayer money to um, really perform and um, do.
1: One point that I think is important for people to understand is that this is a particularly heinous act right now because we've seen the dismantling of the special counsel's entire work. Right. First, there was dismissal of the Flynn case, and now they haven't dismissed the Stone case because even the attorney general who will do anything for the president has said it was a righteous case. Mm -hmm. There's some argument about whether the sentence is too much, not whether he's guilty of legitimate crimes and should be held accountable. And so what we're seeing now is Donald Trump said from the very beginning, The Russia investigation is a hoax and a witch hunt. And uh, Mueller is terrible and his whole team is terrible and they're just out to get me, which there is no evidence of. That is completely not true. He says it and he says it often enough that his followers actually probably believe it despite the fact that it's not true. Mm -hmm. And now what he's doing is he didn't get away with firing the special counsel. He had to live with that. But now what he's doing is saying all the cases that he brought, we're going to get rid of, um, at least the cases that involve me. So, for example, Manafort was also a special counsel case. And that one he hasn't done done because those were charges against him for tax fraud and for things that really predated his working for Donald Trump. And so he doesn't really care about Manafort because it wasn't involving the campaign, whereas the Stone accusations and the Flynn accusations are relevant, and they were people who worked directly in the campaign. Um, Flynn was actually his national security advisor, and so he's getting rid of those cases that were brought by the special counsel. Mm -hmm. And there's no point in letting the person who's being investigated, the President of the United States, undo the work of a special counsel. Why have special counsel if the president can undo the work save the time and the money don't bother doing it don't go through a pretense of having an independent investigation so that's why it's so so very serious
0: yeah definitely and I think what struck me yesterday was shortly after the president announced the Roger Stone commutation, Howard Fineman, a journalist, wrote this tweet, and I have it pulled up here, and he said, just had a long talk with Roger Stone. He says he didn't want a pardon, but a commutation, and says he thinks Trump will give it to him. Quote, he knows I was under enormous pressure to turn on him. It would have eased my situation considerably, but I didn't. So I mean, effectively, this says for Roger Stone, like, um, I kept my mouth shut in order to get a better, you know, in order to get this more favorable outcome. And then on the other hand, you have Michael Cohen, who didn't keep his mouth shut, but he um, is now in jail. So can you kind of talk about um, those kind of dualities and what that means for the, you know, you have this one system of justice where his friends, um, you know, get commutations or pardons, and then, you know, those who betray him or kind of um, implicate him end up in jail. The suggestion that he
1: has admitted that he had damning information uh, that would show the culpability of Donald Trump I think in fairness, when you read everything he has said, he has said, you know, I was under pressure to talk and I've withstood it and now I'm safe from that pressure. Mm-hmm. He did at one point say, even though there was nothing for me to give them. I don't believe that to be true. He obviously has a lot of information that right. would be show criminality by Donald Trump. But I just think that it's fair for people to understand that he hasn't exactly admitted, I got this pardon or I got this commutation of my sentence in exchange for my staying silent. He said, I did stay silent and it relieves me greatly of pressure by being commuted. Uh, But he did say, but I didn't have anything to give them. And I just think we need to make that that clear. I think that's a lie, but we need to make it clear.
0: To close up this Um, discussion, I kind of want to relate the stakes um, that are at play for all generations, especially for the younger generation. So last week we had Ellie Honig on who really captured the recklessness of Barr, um, the DOJ, and the Republicans who are enabling this type of behavior from the Attorney General and also Donald Trump, but I guess focusing more on Donald Trump who Republicans are just as beholden to, can you kind of explain why it's so critical For everyone to vote like their lives depend on it and what may happen in terms of the rule of law or courts and our justice system if Trump happens to win a second term?
1: I think what's important to know is that almost all the damage that has been done to the reputation of this country, to the Department of Justice, to the State Department, to our health system, um, our withdrawal from climate change agreement, our withdrawal from the World Health Organization, Um, those things can be undone if Joe Biden wins in November. Uh, There are many reasons to support Joe Biden positively because of good things that he will do, but there's at least also reasons to vote for him to avoid our country going down the tubes completely. And I think this uh, duality in the Department of Justice of if you're a friend of the president, if you do him a favor, He'll do you a favor. Um, You know, remember, his impeachment was about, I need a favor though. Uh, Those are words captured forever in the American public's mind Mm -hmm. by President Mm -hmm. Trump. And it's how he does business. It's do something for me and I'll do something for you. Mm -hmm. And that's not how justice works. Justice Mm -hmm. often is pictured with a blindfold on because justice should not know who the defendant is. All people are equal before the law, except in the Trump administration, they are not. And when people are voting, we need to keep that in mind, that Mm -hmm. we need someone to lead the Department of Justice who will make decisions based on evidence, not based on friendship and connections and favors or donations to the president's campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I will end with Richard Nixon abused Many of the powers he had, he used the FBI uh, and the CIA. He tried to get the CIA to stop the FBI from following the money because he knew it would lead to proof that his campaign and his White House were involved in the burglary. Mm -hmm. But he would never have done the things that that Donald Trump is doing. He did things in secret. Donald Trump thumbs his nose at the American people. He thumbs his nose at justice and does these things openly and notoriously and keeps getting the support of Republicans in Congress and his base and he's gotten away with it and so he's gonna only be emboldened. If he wins re-election. there will be no stopping him. He will do things that will severely damage democracy as we know it and justice will be gone forever. So it's really important that you go out and vote and make your vote meaningful. Um, No matter what you think, this race is between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And one of those two is going to be president. And it's not enough to stay home. If you don't go out and make a choice, you are empowering Donald Trump and you have only yourself to blame if it goes forward. But I, I still want people to understand that there are plenty of reasons to vote for Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. and that goes to everything from his healthcare plan to his economy plan. He just announced a major uh, economic and jobs plan today that will protect the American worker. He's a man of integrity. He will never lie to you. There are so many things that matter that we need him in charge of the pandemic response, will be very different under Joe Biden. I will feel a lot safer. Uh, I I worry now, honestly, that there'll be a discovery of a vaccine. And because we dropped out of the World Health Organization, (laughs) we in America will not get the benefit of that vaccine. We'll we'll continue to have the spiking rates that we have as opposed to the flattened rates that Europe has. So um, I think it's really important if we focus on the Department of Justice, but we also have to focus on the pandemic we have to focus on so many other things that are important to all the voters Um, police reform would be another one where Mm -hmm. i believe joe biden can get the job done and get serious reform made not the sort of whitewash that the republicans are trying to get past
0: Mm Totally agree. And I think what you've what we've seen from the Trump administration is just these slow acts, I mean, these little acts that just slowly tear away from the fabric of this nation and our rule of law. And um, I got this shirt, which says democracy is a verb. For anyone watching, you can see, but for anyone listening, it says democracy is a verb. And it's a shirt from Mikva Challenge, um, which is a group founded by Abner Mikva. And um, it just really stresses the importance of civic engagement and engaging in our democracy. Like it's a verb, like something we can do every single day. And one of them, one of that one of those components is voting. So um, really making sure that we all turn out to vote, I think, is critical in this election. So thank you again for listening to this emergency podcast on this Roger Stone case with um, the none other than Jill wine So be sure to follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and rate us there to support our future podcasts. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.